Hey, welcome back to Good to Geek Out, breaking down Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode five, uh, dealing with the aftermath of U.S. agent, a.k.a. John Walker, taking it a bit too far. Rob Lucy coming at you from Phoenix, Oregon. Good to be here. Editor San Antonio. Great to be here to talk about episode five, Truth. The truth will be set free. This is Jay, a.k.a. Night Thrash, a.k.a. Dwayne Taylor. Where, where the hell is my new warrior show? From L.A., hey. California. If they can turn Guardians of the Galaxy into a million-dollar franchise, they can do wonders with new warriors. What up? It's Rob Strader, a.k.a. Boba Fresh, coming at you from San Francisco by way of L.A., by way of my mother, by way of the universe exploding. Mm. All right. We, uh, we, we begin this episode directly after John Walker murks that guy in front of about 100 cell phone cameras and needs to make a, a quick exit, goes to where um, Battlestar was taken out and, and is just kind of collecting his thoughts enter falcon in the winter soldier man that shit it was like civil war all over again except the roles were just reversed i felt like there was even some moves i might have seen in civil war that were repeated during that fight it should have been a movie that should have been a movie the long shot of them being, the long shot of them moving outdoors i thought was really interesting because it, it would have assumed that it would have gone the direct beat right after, like, you would have gone right after the murder. But they got him running away from something. Then they stop when they have him in the battle uh, star. His voice, like, starts getting through him and, like, his eyes. I give, this is the episode, and I'll get into it a little bit later, that fucking this kid nails, Russell nails his acting in this one. And he does a lot with the intensity of his eyes behind like the little slits that no one else in Marvel's really been pushed to do. It actually made me think about the, um, anyway, uh, beautiful scene that set up, uh, and you're back in the like warehouse center where some reminiscent of where Bucky got his arm viced up. Like it was, it was cool. Yeah, you can, you can see him like he was going you know, further into his psychosis and he's yelling at Bucky and um, Falcon's like, hey, I had to do it. He killed, he, he killed Hopkins. He killed Hopkins. I had to take him out. And you know, eh, <laughs> they both look at him. Yeah, no, and then, and then like a true psychopath, he starts yelling at them, why are you making me do this? You know, right. that's, you know, this guy's over the edge of yelling at someone and blaming them for your current actions. You know, the funny part, the funny part is like going back is like when he did it and those cell phones are looking at him and he's just looking like, like, okay, I did it. So what? I did it. The second part is like, I think he was going to listen to them. He was going to listen to them. He was listening to them. He was like, all right, man, it's cool. You know, it, until Sam said, Hey, you're going to have to give up the shield. He was like, Oh, you almost had me there. So that's what this is about. Huh? Let's, let's, let's be real. Bucky came in for that smoke from the get. <laughs> Bucky called that smoke from the get. Yeah, he did. He did. 
But Sam but, wasn't Sam wasn't really Sam was really trying to work with him though. But he 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 was getting him. He was telling him he's like I understand. Was like it hey man, does, you have to keep the shield, man. It does a wonderful job uh, underlining Sam's power and his ability to be human and his ability to connect with people and to talk people down. Like going back to his first appearance when we see him like him and Steve talking in the PTSD with the other uh, veteran soldiers. It's like he's always been a caring character. Like his thing has always been caring about others in a way that none of the other Avengers uh, end up even stepping close to. Um, Boy. I, I mean, what, what I liked about, I mean, we could talk about that, like the, the details of that fight all, it was a great fight. But what I liked at the end is when Bucky doesn't even look down, he picks up the shield and gives it straight to Sam. Like, here you go. Like, here you go. And then, and it's like nonchalant. He just walks away. You wouldn't notice unless you were paying attention. And I was like, oh, dude, like, and that's kind of also reflective of what you were saying about how he just cares about other people. And he's, he's not doing it for himself. If he was, he would have took the shield and walked off. Exactly. Yeah, because he's the he one that, the shield. Beat, you know, beat Walker. So, yeah. And yeah, no, Sam would have let the shield just lay there. <laughs> yeah. He would have just picked it up so some kids didn't pick it up. Like, it was but, great and to then, them. And then uh, that scene, though, when Falcon gets the shield and he's like frantically trying to wipe the blood off it. Oh my God, dude. That's fucking, that's, that's art right there. That's, that's amazing. So much symbolism and like it invokes emotion in you no matter. Yeah. And it's a great flip for the, from the last scene of the last episode with Walker. Yep, exactly. And that's what I think that's why I said that last episode that cap the way that the, what, Jay, what you just said about the way that he stands and looks at everyone after he does that and he not only that he puts the shield back on he puts the yeah. shield back on and stands there like yeah i'm just going to work and then yeah. um the uh, the blood i said that like he should have cap should have been at least ashamed or like horrified by what had happened and this cap had no emotion towards it so when you see the the new cap who should be the real cap anyway it's a very steve like reaction like it's it's horrifying development that's the character development of what we call an anti-hero. I mean, he, you, you would think that he, you know, the character development, when his character first started off, you would think that he is this, this symbol of hero and truth. But deep down inside, as you go, as you see it, and that was the shining point right there, where he just looks at the camp, he looks at the people, just the cell phones, he's like, yeah, I did it. Okay, so what, I'm a soldier. Or he has a dark, is very dark inside that head of his, and it's just like, okay, fine, he'll do the right thing, but he has no reserves. There are to. rules of engagement that he violated all over the board. But uh, anyway, I, again, Lucy, as a veteran, I'm super interested in your opinions on uh, on his mental breakdown, basically. Well, you know, I, you know, you touched on it before. Sam has been dealing with soldiers with PTSD. That was his career when he got out of there. So he understands the place that John Walker is coming from, and he's and he's definitely trying to reason with them. Um, and I think it's also a, a, a good time to segue in, in, into the aftermath of the fight, where John Walker is standing in front of you know Congress or this board of you know uh, judges. They're judging him, and he's like, "I have done." everything you have asked of me i've gone above and beyond i've done what you told me to do there are circumstances that and they're like i don't want to hear it you're gonna burn in front of everybody you're lucky we're not doing worse to you we're just going to give you a bad conduct discharge 
called the big chicken dinner coming out of the military for all the stuff that he has done. And I'm sitting there and it's like, you know, they just went, you know, they went straight to the gallows with them. They didn't, you know, give any like, didn't break it down or like, hey, maybe we can help you like a veteran with PTSD. It's like, we're going to hang you out to dry. And hey, and he's and they're like, shut up, get out of my face. And he's like, and this is how, this is how you treat me after probably 15 or 20 years of faithful service to the, you know, I felt bad for him. And I was, I was asking myself like, yeah, he, he done did wrong, but does the punishment fit the crime there? No, you that's know? what I mean. It, it looked, it looked like when he walked away while they were talking, it was almost hard for him to, it was hard for him to do because he's trained to like stay there and follow their order. Like he said, like, I've been following your, you know, what you guys lead or whatever it is. And when he's walking away, he looks like he's still, is not happy that he's walking away. He's like, no, he's kind of shell shocked. He's yeah, like, this exactly. Is, this is, he's just like, I this gotta is the walk thanks away. I get. This is the thanks I get. Yeah, you know, and that's my it. best friend was just murdered in front of me. Um, and that's uh, what. Yeah, so I, you know, it, it 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 also you know it kind of goes into the, you know the 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 heart of this episode where there's a lot of gray area. Like, what is the GRC? Are they doing the right thing? They think they're doing the right in their minds. They're doing the right thing. And it's just going to be their way, their way or the highway. It's like, hey, this is the way it's going to be. We're the smartest guys in the room and girls in the room. So, hey, it's going to be like this. And and that's where, you know, the, the other characters, Bucky and Falcon, are kind of conflicted about this. They're like, hey, you know, can we look at the gray area? Why why are all these people thinking this in absolutes? The the flag smashers on one hand and then the, the GRC on the other hand. And, you know, it's, you know, Sam Wilson, who's the guy in the middle of this, and, you know, and then, and then um, John Walker's starting to see it and, and he walks off and we have the introduction of Valentina Al Allegra de Fontaine. Um, but what did you guys think about that? You know, from people that weren't in the military, did you feel kind of the same way? Like, wow, it, you, you know, how I felt sympathy for John Walker, maybe in the one or two episodes lost it. You know, I'm sitting there watching, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, he's got a point there. Uh, I mean, I pay attention to news a lot and I know that how the government changes their policies with um, veterans a lot, especially because my brother's one too. So I know how often uh, his medical policy changes are like whatever they cover changes frequently. And uh, it's usually not for the better, like being part of a union almost. Just get kind I of got strange. a lot of friends that's, um, they, they're military. I got a friend that's in the army. Uh, uh, one's in the national guard. One I talked to is in the Marines, he, uh, PTSD. Um, my thoughts about it is that, like, I feel bad for him, but then I don't. I feel bad for him for what Lucy said previously, what he said about, you know, I did what you asked me to. But I'm about to get real controversial here. The reason why I do not feel bad for him, that part of what I don't feel bad for him, is because Sam tried talking to him at first. He tried talking to him, and he basically, you know, you know, he tried to reason with him all throughout these episodes. And what did Walker do? blow him off he blew time. him off he blew him off every time he even told him to stay the hell out of my way so i gotta think about that i'm like if i was saying i'm like well you know what i feel you but you gotta give up that shield you didn't deserve it in the first place because you're you know because you're nobody you you just got the shield on orders then second of all you felt like you were living up to captain america when you didn't know what this man went through he certainly didn't kill someone in cold blood like he did. I mean, he had the mind of a soldier. You got it. You hit it on the nail with the, it was orders. 
he is a person who follows orders. And it is hard for us to understand as people who are very freedom oriented and very, I'm going to do what the hell I want to. I'm going to wake up when I want to. I'm going to go do this podcast now because I want to. And we're very lucky. And that's a very small portion of the world that gets to do that, that has the luxury and the extra time to even do that. And so he is a man who's given his life to the country and it doesn't get any higher than the president and then the Senate and then the Congress and the senators are firing him president's <coughs> orders. And you just have his entire world melt down. And I think that he can't be approached. Like if Falcon came to him right then instead of Valentina, I think he could have been saved. I think Val Falcon could have reeled him in at that point, but Valentina knew exactly what was popping. And again, that entrance was cold. That business card, cold. Everything, the blue streak, cold. Um, but yeah, I think that he couldn't even hear Sam. Sam's not in the chain of command. When Sam was trying to negotiate with him, he couldn't even hear Sam mm. because he's so so far out of the chain of command. Um, so why didn't he? Why didn't he care? I just got one question on this. Okay, so if he's following orders, obviously he didn't care about being Captain America before those orders. So why care now? Why, why do you care now? He wouldn't care about being Captain America. It's a kid. Like like, did you ever want to be? magic or jordan or or anybody like and not to say that you want to be them but you want to be them you know like you want to be like mike that whole idea and so if captain america was real and i and go to your other point that i that that uh, this hypes up is his fallibility as a man let alone his fallibility as american and it really highlights captain america's true power which is his engagement of the truth and the fact, like you said, that he can see people from all sides. That's something that I always find that Superman never equates directly with Captain America because Superman is still an outsider. It's no fault of Superman. He's fucking from Krypton. But like Steve represents America and he represents old school America. He represents broken America that needs to get fixed. He represents America that went to fight against Nazis but still had segregated units and he knows all of this and he addresses all of this. And so his superpower ends up being somewhat like the truth, uh, the ability to present the truth the same way that Sam's is to negotiate and connect with people. So from this point, that's where they kind of part ways for a minute because there's nothing to do. And I think Taurus has that line, something, what, what, I want to remember it. Sometimes the only thing to do is wait until there's something to do, something along those lines. And then Taurus also gets the wings yeah, that sounded very uh, thin red line-ish. And okay, some things about the wings, and Lucy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but some things about the wings, and it's gonna be a short thing. It's a, like the Captain America shield. Who owns what? Like this shit is pretty expensive, right? Like, can you just leave? <laughs> fucking no, that, did he get the wings right? Because I remember um, him going to Isaiah Bradley's house again and, and being like hey i need i need help understanding this like what's going on like, he, yeah, that's like he's already that's, been kicked out that's after he got his wings broken and then he walks off and then they realize there's nothing to do so uh um, oh. bucky goes off looking for zemo and the next scene is him zemo with the gun oh right 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 crossing the name off the list okay yeah which is a great scene what do you think about that scene lucy 
No, it was it was it was interesting because uh, it it was that moment where you know Bucky has the gun in his face and you don't know if Zemo's going to pull something out of his ass and take Bucky out or if he knows what's going on and then Bucky pulls the trigger on him <laughs> and then the two Wakandans walk up and they're like oh and then what what I didn't get is why they wanted to take him to the raft that's the only that that about that scene it's like okay why why take why not take him back to Wakanda why has it got to be the raft. I was going to say something back to the Val, and this was just, I was going to leave it at this. Like, I know you said that, like, she comes out in Black Widow, and obviously because of scheduling reasons, we couldn't see that first before Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I would have loved to see Val somewhere in the eight seasons or some mention of, um, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because obviously she had a lot to do with Nick Fury's history. You know, she was his girlfriend, so of course it's like, you know, can we get some type of you know, or you know, get some type of mention or something like that because she not mentioned in Agents of Shield. Okay, and those, um, she's, not, she's not mentioned at all. Well, interesting points. We'll just have to assume. I mean, in real world, they probably a she wouldn't pee on that TV show. She's <laughs> she's oh, yeah, she can get she can get paid. Um, second, uh, I mean, uh, third. So you saying she ain't? So you saying she's too good? To, to be on a show where yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, who makes a lot more money, you know, you know, guest yeah. starred on season yeah. one. So Julius Lewis-Dreyfus can't be on Samuel that show. Jackson, okay, Samuel Jackson makes up the Marvel Universe. He also kicked off the Avengers and Tony Stark. And so his cameo is necessary to legitimize everything. Adding her cameo in would just be confusing and cost them their entire budget for a <laughs> season. Good point. Um, the other thing that I want to point out that you make up a good point, though, is that canonically, she does have a long-term relationship with Nick Fury. Will America be ready for a Black man with a white woman as a love interest or as a past love interest? Because um, okay, Jessica Jones dinner is one of the only times that that really happens. They always team up Will Smith with a Latina. Uh, you know, it just... It just doesn't go. Black women can be with white guys, but uh, black men cannot be with white women. So I'm really interested to see. Uh, Ask Mike Coulter that. Ask Mike Coulter and Christian Ritter that, because uh, they they were doing it just fine, a little bit just fine. <laughs> you really had to go through your Rolodex to find that example, because I just I'm, I'm, I'm I not going any deeper than that. Because I just say 80 years of cinema. Um. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say on that matter, man. I'm I'm just gonna say Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter were doing just fine with that whole aspect you just named with the black man and the white woman. I'm pretty sure that Samuel Jackson and Julia Julia Lewis Dreyfus could have done it just fine. They could have showed some type of. I mean, it would compromise. Will it? But they're okay. Again, actors on a throwaway show that no one was watching. I'm sorry. Versus. Uh, versus marquee names there it's an entirely like if they are in a relationship that makes cnn like like i'll be i'll be yeah. real i'll be real they'll be like did you know on dot 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 what if and they'll do a what if episode with nick fury kill kissing her and the world's gonna blow up prediction right there ed, ed do not delete this footage i'm calling it right now
So you're telling me that they're going to make a big deal out of Samuel Jackson and Julia Lewis-Dreyfus, like, doing some type of – is that what you're telling me, that they're going to make some type of scene doing that? Like, they're going to make a big deal out of that on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If they, if, hypothetically speaking, if they would have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is nothing. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is dead. No one cares about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm okay, sorry. Fine, fine. I will say I did watch it, but I also watched The Runaways, and I know no, no Marvel marquee name was going to show up on The Runaways. That's true. That is true. Nobody. It's one of those up and coming shows. It's over. <laughs> it's like Cloak and Dagger. Uh, all right. So, so next scene. Uh, <laughs> next scene is uh, when he, he like what Lucy was saying earlier, when uh, Falcon finally goes to go see um, Isaiah Bradley and Patriot. Uh, what do you guys think about that scene? That was a lot of back and forth energy. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was dope. Um, having a conversation regarding generational trauma when it can be affirmed by your own personal experiences. And that's just the relation of a black man talking to a young black man. That's every old black man talking to every young black man. But yeah. they have an extra burden on their shoulders because the whole world is watching. <laughs> and they end up doing a beautiful just chemistry back and forth like i don't know how many people they audition for for the role of isaiah bradley but mantis fucking nails it and uh i really have to say it's on the flip coin of um it's on the flip coin of walker because walker's having his breakdown and you see Isaiah having his breakdown. Like they're both revealing like a truth. Oh, wait, wait is that the episode name? They're revealing a truth about themselves. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> um, Walker's revealing the true, like his, his unstableness, like his, his vision of the world. And part of his truth is lying to the parents about getting vengeance for their son and all of this other stuff. So like his, to him, he's not Captain America because to him, the truth is flexible. It's something that can be bent. And that's, that goes against Steve and um, Isaiah, you know, like, I mean, I, you know, I lost my dad not too long ago and it just made me miss my dad. Like it really, like it, it got me a bit emotional and just the, the conversations that like, you know, the, 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 the box of letters, like, you know, like the unknown things that you just don't know. Like my dad was 84, like Lucy knows stories that my dad told him that I don't know. Like, you know, like there's just like a, a, a huge gamut of, of black men's lives that just get shunted and just don't get told as stories. And so for them to um, highlight that with this metaphor, I think was real, real keen. I got it. Um, I agree with you, Rob. Um, that scene hit me. I was, that was a powerful scene. It hit me deep, it hit me deep in here. Um, I grew out of that, but you know, I've spoken, to you know elderly black men and they their views of the world are exactly just like Isaiah Bradley it, 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 and me I'm very abrasive on stuff like that I speak on political views and, and the reason why it hit me so so hard Ed you've seen this on my wall and me being a cosplayer and stuff like that and to be honest with you I never had the desire to even cosplay Captain America because although I agree with Captain America's views, 
it's the whole it, it's the whole outlook of what the world what what the world sees as Captain America. What they want, the, what what the world wants is Captain America. When Isaiah said that they would never let a black man be Captain America, he was right. Because when Isaiah tried to be Captain America, they didn't accept that. The world didn't accept that they just threw him in the trash. You know, they accepted the white man as Captain America because that's what the world wanted. Even though Isaiah did the right thing, they accepted Steve, but Steve didn't know. Auto Steve had the right heart. It, uh, it goes to the second half of that part of what he's saying, where he's just like, and no self-respecting black man would want to. Like, yeah, that uh, part. The duality that part, of being black. That part, let me speak on that. That part right there, he said that even if there was a black Captain America, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be it. And me as a self-respecting black man, I never saw the desire to be Captain or even try to cosplay. I'm like, I, I knew what it stood for, but with all that comes all the racial boundaries and the racial aspects. It's just like, you know, I made an exception for Sam, but it's hard. And I, and I used to shit on Sam before all this. Like I used to before he became what he became in the comic books. I called him a magical Negro because it was just like I got tired of seeing all these black sidekicks. So, so yeah, no, my point like you guys laid it out beautifully, and then like looking at it from the outside, um, you know, from a white perspective, like wow. I mean, like you get, you see that generational. Like the, like the difference, you know, uh, yeah, he was, Isaiah and John Walker have more in common as far as like being stripped at doing everything that they were told and then you follow through with it and then, you know, forget it. You know, they're, they're throwaways. And, and I think um, both of those guys followed orders. And then you, you know, if you go back to the Captain America movies, um, Steve was always following orders, but he was at some point, you know, you know, after the, the original uh, Captain America, um, the first Avenger, he comes out of his, his, his deep freeze and he's risen above that. He's like, whoa, wait a second. He sees things from a different perspective. I think that's, you know, that, that being able to look at it from an outsider's point of view gave him a different perspective where Isaiah and John Walker were always just following orders, you know, uh, so... Lucy, I did not make that parallel. That is a great observation about Walker and uh, Bradley having similar uh, discrediting because that also reflects the fact that Walker and Captain America and Steve Rogers end up having similar uh, origin stories in the sense that Steve does follow orders unless it's better to help people. Yeah. And, and then when he did order. it in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, they 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 sent Shield after his ass. Well, in this in the origin story of uh, the first Avenger, uh, they you know he goes he breaks rank from the orders and he goes to go save his friends who are POWs. Yep. Then Bradley says that he does the exact same thing, but he's not put on the the yep. newspaper. He's arrested, and so they do a great job of having these three characters all overlay on this Venn diagram. Of, of being used by the government and, and how it's done. And, and, and that's not even including Bucky. <laughs> that's not even including Bucky and commentary on the Cold War. 
and and Bradley's going through PTSD on several levels because oh, I yeah. couldn't imagine the torture that he's been through, let alone to to decide to go hide in Baltimore. His garden is beautiful. I'm sure though. he's from the neighborhood. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's from the neighborhood. But, uh, His gar- that's a beautiful garden he keeps. It, it is. <laughs> uh, if, oh, so we're going back to so the, the, the training montage. Uh, Bucky shows up to help repair the boat. You know, just interesting things like, hey, um, you know, Sam's not going to call on the government to help pay for this boat. Sam's not going to take out a loan. Sam's going to call on on his family's friends. His family went out on the limb and helped all these people. And the community comes together to, to pay it back. Not because he's, you know, just because, you know, because that's what a community is about. Um, and it was beautiful to see all that come together. And then Bucky comes in and uh, I, I, I just thought it was maybe the best line. So, well, the best, the best buddy cop line. Like, oh, I'm right-handed. I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, that was a great little bit of comedy. Levity throughout all this here yeah. too. I love a good fucking montage. They got me. Uh, they, they they did the music. Like again, we're talking about how these are mini movies, and they're like, you like montages? We're gonna give you two montages. That's how dope this is gonna be. Enjoy two montages. Yeah, back to back. The the the, the training scene and the boat fix scene. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, great, great episode. Um, great fight scene in the beginning, as we've been discussing through this whole review. Uh, outstanding uh, character development. Uh, and then we finish uh, meeting. We're about to have the vote at the GRC. Uh, uh, Sam gets, gets his briefcase. The lights go out. And you know shit's about to hit the fan for the final episode. Cut. Ed in the episode, just cut it. That's it right there. No outros. You just cut it. When Lucy says cut, fade to black, that's it. That's the episode. 